This is the Retirement Solution Podcast with financial advisor John Hicks, founder of J. Hagen Capital. Thanks for being here with us on the Retirement Solution. I'm Heather Branch here asking John questions about what you can be working on now to better prepare for your financial future. RetirementSolutionRadio.com is where you can begin your own conversation with John and his team at J. Hagen Capital. We also have links posted in the show notes so you can just click there or again, find us anytime. RetirementSolutionRadio.com. So things that are appearing on your desk or in your email or in your mailbox, (laughs) W-2 statements are starting to arrive. No. And it's a reminder, of course, that it is tax season. If you are a good student and you've already started working on your tax return for the year, I, my hat's off to you because I am procrastination station right here. Oh, yeah. I'm not even looking at that stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not, I do not want to ruin the first month of the year right? by thinking about that right out of We're the gate. We're getting a fresh start. We don't want to mess exactly. things up. That's um, exactly it. But here's the thing that happened last year. We talked a lot on the radio program about all the different investment opportunities, particularly for retirement savers that were popping up thanks to the higher interest rates. So now it's time for, what's the expression, the bill to come due? Something along those lines. You Correct me if, if you know the statement better than I do. Um, Which one? The, what is it when they say it's time for the, the bill to come due, the tax pl- bill to come due or something? What is the it? The day you're going to cry? I mean, uh, I, I mean <laughs> that's what I call it. Okay. It's, like, oh, it's like as soon as you hear the... Yep. Uh, it's hey happening. Uh, Landshark, IRS, uh, Time to file your taxes. It's all bad. I mean, there's nothing really good about that to think that, you know, we work our whole lives. uh, We get to give up a good portion of it so the government can, I don't know, do whatever it is they've been doing with it. Um, That doesn't make me feel real great. Right. To be perfectly honest. You know, the craziest thing is, is that I have, and and I know what you were alluding to, you know, when 5% is not 5%, I cannot tell you, and, and even in my own personal life, how many more dollars that I have left in like money markets and things like that. Just because I'm getting like four and a half or five percent on it, only because, only because, what was it like two years ago? Like point two, right? Point three. So what you're saying is the forms that this is exactly what I want to get to because for 2023, what's going to start happening now for all for people like you? Oh yeah, going to start getting a new set of forms. Yeah, you are. some surprises are coming your way. Because if you were smart and you worked to take advantage of those higher interest rate opportunities on CDs, money market sure. funds, like you were just talking about, certain bonds yeah. in 2023, you're going to get another statement this year, a 1099-INT. The Ooh. INT stands for interest income, and you have to pay taxes on that money. Of course you do. Yeah, you, you have do. to pay tax on all your earnings. So like you were just saying, 5%, it's not really 5% when you earn it on paper. It turns out... <laughs> Somebody else has got a different plan. So the idea of lessons we should learn here, what are those? Well, it's been over a decade uh, before interest rates started going up. It's been over a decade that we saw decent rates. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, you almost have to go all the way back to like 2000 and I don't know, 99, 2000. Right. That was the last time that, you know, interest rates were anywhere near what we saw last year, right. where you can go to the bank and not even get a CD, your money market may have been paying four to five percent. I mean, my own my own personal situation. I was looking at stuff, going, well, you know, I could invest in that property. I could add this, but you know, I'm getting nearly five and a quarter percent on my cash money right now. I'm just going to leave it there for the moment. Right. Now, obviously, not all my money. I have a pretty rigorous investment strategy, but I was even going five isn't bad until I find something I'm really excited about. Okay. The difference is, and when I started paying attention. As soon as I was getting that, I'm like, man, I made a few hundred bucks that month. That isn't bad. And I'm like, hold on. How's that taxed? 
OI, guys. OI. You're about to learn one of the most oppressive taxes okay. of the entire tax code. So much that there are some members of our community that know what OI is. It sounds like this oy vey, oy, oy vey, which is exactly how we feel when we realize OI is yeah. ordinary income. Ordinary income is the most oppressive part of the tax code yeah. and it's on so many more things that we weren't even aware of but i'm gonna go through a few today okay if we haven't already destroyed the fabric of your day no. by talking about taxes we're gonna tell people what they need to know so they can do better john no, good point i like the. i like how you i like how you put I'm lipstick on that pig there lipstick <laughs> on that pig <laughs> we all yes have a let's job. do it let's put some lipstick on that pig so ordinary income Ordinary income is probably the most oppressive because there is almost nowhere to hide from it, right? right? So you can own a lot of really awesome stuff in, let's say, a tax deferred account like your IRA or 401k, and you can avoid ordinary income taxes while it grows. Now, in those accounts, though, at some point in time, you're going to pull some money out, and what are they going to hit you with? That's right, the most oppressive tax in the entire tax code, which is ordinary income. Oy. Oy, oy, ordinary income. Because, again, there's nowhere to, to escape from that. Yeah. But let's talk about some things that we weren't really thinking about. Okay. Let's talk about those CDs and that money market at the bank. Okay. You will be paying your highest marginal tax bracket on those amounts. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about your certificates of deposit, that 5% you were getting. Let's say that you do pretty well and you're in the 20 plus percent tax bracket, right? Mm -hmm. So, it, but on top of that, we typically live in a state, whether it be Indiana or Kentucky or Ohio or Tennessee. Now, Tennessee is a little different. They don't have state taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I did that on purpose. So if you're thinking about reestablishing a different residency in retirement, and Gatlinburg isn't so bad, Nashville's kind of hopping, growing, and mm -hmm. they have no state tax. But if you're like the rest of us around here, we're going to pay state tax. So if you are in the 24% tax bracket, okay, mm -hmm. and our wonderful state of Kentucky takes another 6%, mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at a total tax bill of 30%. Now, the reason I say that is because you thought you were getting 5% on your money, but you don't. You only get 70% of earning that. So now, times 0.7, ladies and gentlemen, when we thought we were getting 5% last year on those CDs, our real net result is only 3.5%. 3.5% because the government gets to take 30% of our earnings. Yep. No, that stinks. Doesn't it? It yeah. should. It should stink. Because yeah. you thought that you were going to have $1,000 that month to spend, but you don't. You only get $700 to spend. That other 300 bucks goes to whatever those politicians decide to vote on <laughs> that particular day or to bail them out of some other decision that they made stupidly five years ago or whatever else it is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, probably to go into their campaign slush buckets so they can do whatever it is they want and not even have to be held liable for it. Mm -hmm. That's right. We've seen mm -hmm. some of that here recently in the headlines, haven't we? That's right. So ordinary income. So you're going to pay ordinary income on your CDs, your money market funds, your treasury bills sometimes, uh, you often do not have to pay state and local taxes, but you're still going to owe federal taxes on treasury bills. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So hold on. Treasuries are issued by the federal government, but we still have to pay taxes on the money we give the federal government? Interesting. Most people that I talk to, they're not even aware of that. They have no idea. It's like, hold on. I'm giving the money to the government. I'm like, yeah, they're going to tax you on it too. 
How rip it off? I mean, that's just anyway. It is it's what it is. It's the magic wand that it is. It is what it is. But here's the, one of the craziest things that I have seen so little, Heather. So as I'm talking about the tax rates, yeah. no one, almost no one comes to my office and says, well, John, tell me about municipal bonds. Okay. Ooh, well, let's do that for a minute. Okay. Because the craziest thing that I saw over the past year is that, yes, CD rates were paying 5% and, and, uh, uh, and money markets were paying 5%. Mm-hmm. But there were some municipals out there, some municipal uh, funds that were paying 35 to 5% on their own. Now, often when we have a municipal account, we are not paying lots of taxes. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the municipal bond funds that I saw last year, they were paying anywhere between four to four and a quarter percent, but they did not have any taxes federally. And often they didn't have any state taxes, which means that you had almost a 0% tax bill on that four to four and a half percent that you were earning. And is that because why is everything else taxed and municipal bonds are not? It's just the way they they were written up? Well, they're based on municipalities. So uh, generally uh, states and local governments is like, hey, listen, we still need a a, a sewer system. Right. We still need to provide clean water to our clients. We still need, and a lot of them, they call them co-ops, but they're often municipalities as far as electricity and so forth. Okay. So if you invest in those things. Like a, on a local level, they're looking absolutely, to reward Absolutely, a local you got or it. a state level, okay. then then you get a little bit of a reward for doing that, okay. right? Yep. And it also stops the federal government from having to spend those dollars on those areas. So okay. it, the government kind of looks at that as, okay, you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours okay. a little bit. Okay. Not, not give you a really good back scratch. Just, <laughs> well, you know, it's better well, than nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, it won't itch as bad. Right. <laughs> so, 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 but most people weren't asking about muni bond funds or right. muni money markets. Yes, there are municipal bond style huh. uh, money markets out there. So those could have been a lot more attractive, especially if you're in the 24 to 30 to nearly 40% tax bracket. So we need to really pay attention to how that ordinary income is going to go. There's a lot of, I guess, articles that have been written over the past 15 or 20 years saying, Hey, you should defer your money because if you defer your money you're going to get all those dollars that you would have given up in taxes you're going to be able to compound those you're right. going to be able to use them for a while and yes in the end you will still have to pay taxes on the money you pull out but by being able to compound those dollars over time you can end up with a lot of money right so because of that that is why in our office we have primarily used investments that would have provided ordinary income we've done almost all of those or as many as we can in our tax deferred accounts like our traditional iras um, because we're not going to have those ordinary income tax bills on an annual basis being able to defer those taxes allows the money to grow and grow and grow and grow and use what we're actually able to use the money that we're gonna have to give to uncle sam but we're compounding money that still belongs to the government at that Hmm. point that's what makes it so good now yes we still have to pull the band-aid off and pay them at one point in time but it can amount to hundreds of thousands of more dollars if we do it correctly now all of our growth type investments like our vanguard growth fund or fidelity growth fund or schwab growth fund or t row price growth or all the things that we expect to go up a lot over the future yeah we typically want those in our taxable accounts or our Roth accounts. So if those go hyperbolic and go through the roof, like yeah. NVIDIA over the past years, up like 200%, if you were up 200%, wouldn't it be nice to know that you're not going to pay any taxes on that growth? Yep. <gasps> Yes. But what would be worse is if you had that investment in your tax deferred account, because then you put in a hundred thousand, it grows to 200,000. Now you're going to owe taxes on that $200,000. You get Mm. ripped off. So ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're talking about taxes right now is that Mm -hmm. it can be very simple 
or it can be very complicated. What we're finding is we get closer to retirement. A lot of people own really great assets but you own them in the wrong buckets. You're yeah. being taxed very inefficiently. This is one of the biggest things that we do in our office is examine, hey, it's not a, a question of do you own good stuff or do you own junk? The question is, hey, do you own it efficiently in the right bucket, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we have it in the right bucket, we could save hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes simply because we had it in the right account. It's not rocket science, but it does require a skilled and trained eye to pay attention to that and to make it aligns with your best interests. So if you are going to start getting and you are going to start getting these 1099s in the mail and mm -hmm. you're going to start cussing as loud as you can at the same time, I want you to pull out your phone and go to our website. It's actually a little bit better if you do it on your laptop or desktop, but it's okay. And make sure you contact our team. We want this to be the last year you're cussing about those tax forms. Get a hold of our team. Let them show you what we can do and simply but mathematically show you how you can do better by getting the right plan. Visit us, retirementsolutionradio.com. We also have links posted in the show notes or again, go to retirementsolutionradio.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Begin the conversation about your savings plan with John and the team at J. Hagen Capital by visiting retirementsolutionradio.com. Be sure to listen to John's radio show, The Retirement Solution, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 840 WHAS. J. Hagan Capital Link is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if J. Hagan Capital Link is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagan Capital Link is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. It does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Jonathan Hicks. Insurance license number 548962.